I'm your host, Simon Rushton. Today we have a, a collaboration, to be honest, a, a lovely lady by the name of Jenny. Her company is Savia, which means start a business in Africa. I like the acronym. It's got me already. Um, this lady's born in Cameroon. She has a father from Cameroon and her mother's Nigerian. She lived and traveled around. She's lived in Germany, she's lived in Cameroon, and she's lived in England. She's um, had seven years of doing business in Africa. She believes in Pan-Africanism for those of us who are, you know, big on the diaspora aspect, which I'm all for, especially with this Corona thing going on and then want to test it in the mother country, but that's another conversation for another yeah. time. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I just, when we met, I just felt this is another, I got, got speaking to Jenny and I found out what she's doing. I just felt this is somebody I had to have on the show because she's had experience, she has knowledge and she's doing her thing in real time today. Yeah. So we're happy to have you, Jenny. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for having me, Simon. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> So tell us, what's a typical day like in doing business in Africa, whether you're from, whether you're in the, on the English side or in the African side? Well, it all depends. Like I said to you, I live my life sort of like in uh, both continents, um, mostly in the UK, but um, also in South Africa, where I run a few businesses with my family members, my sisters and, you know, some other family members. Uh, we've also got businesses in Cameroon, so it's kind of like all over the place if you want to if you want to say it that way. But a typical day for me is mostly all about Sabia. It's all about um, helping people start businesses in Africa, encouraging people to start businesses in Africa. You know, um, you've got different types of people from different backgrounds, different stories, different capitals, different, you know, different ambitions, you know. So it's all about talking to these different types of people, individuals, um, helping them figure out what they want to start, where. Um, so that's a typical life for me. I wouldn't say daily because I still have a day job. <laughs> I still have a day job. Um, but I love what I do because I don't have to do it, you know, the whole year. I can have contracts where I work a few months and then the rest of the time I'm focusing on uh, businesses in Africa. But on a daily, yes, it's all about starting a business in Africa. What kind of businesses, just so the listeners can get a feel, what kind of businesses are you in? Oh, okay. <laughs> I won't go too deep into that. My main business right now is Sabia, obviously. I work with people as a consultant. I do get paid for that. Also, um, I do do quite a few um, public speaking appearances where I do talk at events. Um, but the businesses that I run with my family members or my sisters are mostly to help. Um, well, we have one major one, which is to help students find um, universities or um, into different unis well we work mostly with french-speaking countries in africa where we help um, students the equivalent of a levels which is baccalauréat in those french-speaking countries um, to find acceptance or to find um, 
universities abroad, not necessarily in Europe. We mostly work with South Africa, South African universities. And so these students were then, we help them find, um, we help them with their paperwork, we help them communicate with the universities, we help them with accommodations, we help them because for French speaking countries, when you go into uh, an English speaking country, you have to do about a year English classes. Even if your level is really good, you still have to go through that. So we help them get into English schools. Um, but recently we also started an English um, school uh, where we put our students into those English schools before sending them for um, sending them to the to the universities. So that's one part of what we do. Mm, that's good so you're strong in the education side i like that i like the fact that you're actually looking at sending students <laughs> from within the continent to yes. another part of the continent instead of oh yes to the the corona areas <laughs> yeah exactly and now we're looking more into countries such as kenya you know we're looking more at countries such as ghana as well um, where they have a they have more interesting universities and better uh, teachers and so on. So we're looking at those areas as well, those countries as well. Mm, okay, that's something that you and I could talk even more about another yeah. time. One okay. of my contracts we have is on the maritime industry. Okay. And, and I know there's, I believe there's an IMO, International Maritime Organization down in SA, but mm -hmm. in the rest of Africa, it's quite barren. To yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. Um, we're probably going to get into it, but yes, um, there's everything to do in Africa. Literally, there is so much to be done, um, but yeah, we'll get into that, I, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. What made you make the decision to invest in Africa? Because you came to England, mm -hmm. you spent your time in England, you got educated, and a lot of people actually lose themselves mm -hmm. and just focus on, oh, I'm in England now, or I'm mm -hmm. in America, and mm -hmm. kind of forget where they came from. What made you decide I'm going to reinvest? I think it was a series of different things that happened. Um, I had, I kind of like found it sad to see some of my friends who had never been to Africa. And back in the day, it was almost like a shame <laughs> to say you were African uh, of African descent. You know, people seem to find that embarrassing. And I didn't get it because to me, it was like, I was, I used to think that that's the best continent, you know, people are so welcoming, interesting. There are issues. There are a, a packload of issues. We don't, we don't disagree on that, but it's an amazing place. You know, it's a, there is so much to do. There is so much to learn about the continent. There is so much going on over there. Why would anyone not want to associate themselves with the African continent? And so that was something that always puzzled me. And even those who were born and raised in Africa, once they are able to leave the continent, it's a total disconnect with the continent where they would be insulting their countries, oh, that place is this and that, and I hate that, I'm never going back there again. And it was almost like self-hatred, and I just couldn't understand that. I can understand that you'd be angry with the continent or your country for political reasons or whatever, but then completely dissociate yourself from where you were raised, where your ancestors come from, where your parents come from. I just couldn't understand that. And I think something that really resonated with me was um, I was working for a really long time for the London Borough of Lucian. And um, obviously I was working for the children and young people um, department. And I, I, I saw a lot of suffering, a lot of misery, you know, children being taken away from their parents for 
different reasons, abuse and what you can, you can guess. And so I thought, oh, the second thing was that each time I used to tell people I'm from Cameroon, um, they would always ask me, where's Cameroon? What do they do over there? If they do know anything about Cameroon, they would know about Etofis, football. That's yeah. it. They know nothing else. And so I thought, no, but there's so much more about Cameroon. And so I thought, you know what? I need to give back to my country. Because obviously working for Lucian, I, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a work where you have to have a big heart, where you have to... You, you cannot but care for people and see in certain conditions. And I thought I could do something in my country. I could bring more interest into my country, into Cameroon. And so I went back to Cameroon and I thought, okay, we'll work at bringing in investors because there's a lot to do in Cameroon. There's a lot of resources. I mean, Cameroon is called um, Africa in miniature. So just so you know, Cameroon is a tiny, tiny country compared to, for example, Nigeria. But inside Cameroon, you've got 200 and about 250 um, ethnical groups, you know, with different dialects, different cultures, different everything. So that's an absolutely amazing country. Um, and so what, I went back. So what does that, you, you just so the listeners know, so I don't, uh, I don't know either. Um, okay. that, that saying that you said, uh, Cameroon is known as Africa miniature? In miniature, yeah. So it's like a tiny Africa, if you want. Oh, We've got everything Africa. in there. So, it's like yeah. a melting pot of Africa. There's everything in there. Okay. You know, we've got um, Muslims and Christians, um, like the whole north northern part of Cameroon, Adamawa, ex, ex, what we call far north. It's all Muslim and then the rest of the country is Christian and then you have um, non-Christians as well, whatever. And then you've got another part or you've also got English speaking, um, an English speaking part of the country and a French speaking part of the country. You've got all these different cultures that are living together. Um, yes, you do have issues, obviously, when you have so many different cultures and so many different dialects and so many different people even in general, living together, you will have some issues, but we've been able to live with each other, even in those conditions, without having a civil war so far, and I pray it remains so. But yeah, Cameroon is an absolutely amazing country, and it's something that I, I needed, I, f I just felt the need for the world to see this, to know more about this amazing country. And so I went back to Cameroon and uh, my initial plan was to create something that I'd, I'd called Mon Cameroon, which means my Cameroon. That's a, a French version. I wish I could say that in a, in a French, in, in a Cameroonian dialect, but yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. And so it's called Mon Cameroon. And um, so we worked at um, bringing Cameroon to the world uh, through um, the internet um, okay. a website. That's good. What's the most valuable lesson you've learned from doing business in Africa? Hmm. <laughs> My initial one was patience. That one was a shock. I, I, because you were born somewhere and you grew up somewhere and you think you know the place. You think you know everything there is to know about um, um, the country you were born in. And the, the first thing you realize is that you don't know anything, literally. Um, one thing that I did once I was there is I did a mini tour of the country. Not the mini tour, I did a full tour of the country. So I went absolutely everywhere to all the different regions, uh, but for the far north, because at that time was a time where Boko Haram had come in from Nigeria and they had abducted, I think, a French family back then. And so we weren't allowed to go to the far north. But besides that, I'd 
literally been everywhere in Cameroon. And that was the, the to this day, the best experience of my life. Um, it was absolutely beautiful. I went everywhere. People were so welcoming. You know, we could stay anywhere. Uh, people would give us all the information we needed. Um, I, I built an amazing database of information in different, you know, contacts. And it was absolutely amazing. But one thing that I learned, because when I was going to Cameroon, I knew all these things. I had discovered all these things being abroad. And I thought I'll get in there and I would change their lives and I would teach them this and I'll show them that and I would change lives. And, you know, I'll bring all this stuff. And what the, the country or the, the continent actually tells you is slow down. <laughs> You know, you're not our messiah. Relax. You know, we've we've got our way of doing things. You need to learn that too. Learn about us, and then we will tell you how we want to work. Which is something that I totally agree with. That sort of messiah's arrogance that some of us have when going to the African continent and thinking that we know better than everybody else. We don't have to have a system that's exactly copied on the western system you know we can adapt certain things but it will never be the same way and trying to force that on the african continent actually causes a lot of issues and so so yeah i had to learn patience a lot of patience um i learned a lot about corruption and how to deal with corruption as well um that's a different topic <laughs> but yeah that was really important and i was a young girl back then and you know, you're going in and out of different offices and different ministries and, you know, you have all these these very interesting gentlemen, you know, trying to tell you stories and trying to find out what you're doing in the evening and, you know, and so you have to wiggle your way out of all of that and, yeah, Africa is interesting. I mean, you have to leave it to understand it. It's just amazing. <laughs> A lot of the things you say I can totally relate to from the corruption yeah. to just the colonial, you know, even though well, I'm, I'm obviously I'm black, but I'm, my parents are Jamaican heritage, but I found yeah. that I mm -hmm. did go there with a, like a messiah, I'm going to help people and I'm going to do yeah. that. And, you know, you can get played on because of that, but you yeah. also get put in your place very quickly. Yeah. Exactly. Africans, Africans are very, most African countries, I don't like to say African, Africa because it's a continent, it's not a country, but we are kind of like alike and we're very proud um, people, you know, we know who we are, we know where we come from for most of us. Yes, there's a lot of unhappiness due to some political issues and so on and poverty, but um, we, we're very, we're proud people. Africans don't just need handouts, they need, if you give a man a job, he would rather be able to wake up every morning, go and get a job rather than sitting down and you giving them handouts. So African, Africans are proud people. And so coming in there and telling them, no, the way you've been doing it is the wrong way. This is how to do it. That's very arrogant. There is a way to do it. You can say that you can help better the way business is done or the way things are done on the continent. But yeah, you have to learn to, when you come into the continent, you have to, first of all, sit down, observe, learn and then you know try to implement whatever it is you want to implement on the continent would is there anything that you would do different <laughs> probably not and i'll tell you why probably not because if i didn't make some of the mistakes that i made i probably wouldn't be where i am right now and i wouldn't have learned some of the things that i learned right now if i hadn't made if I hadn't been through 
what I've been through. And if I hadn't made some of the mistakes that I'd made, I probably wouldn't have Serbia right now because I would have businesses on the African continent, but I wouldn't have Serbia, which is encouraging other people to do this, telling them, no, it's doable. I know what scares you. I know um, what the issues are and I know how to deal with them. This is how we can do it. This is how I did it. This is how I think you can do it. If everything went smoothly and you know I had no regrets and everything was fantastic, I wouldn't be able to stand in the position I stand um, right now with Serbia. Um, and so I think that everything was necessary i was i i I lost a lot of money i mean my first business (laughs) never happened you know i trusted a lot of people who just abused uh, my trust Uh, like i told you about corruption and how i dealt with it so yes um in retrospect there are different there are a lot of things i could have done differently but i have no regrets i don't think i would have wanted that just just for me to be in the position I am in right now with Sabia, I think that was a good thing that I went through some of those things. I was asked the same question yesterday as it goes, and I've, okay. you, you had exactly the same response that I had really. Go. Even though I've, <laughs> I've, I've lost money, I've made yeah. bad decisions, but at the end of the day, it's that experience that is more priceless than any degree, any master's. Any exactly. Exactly. That's the, that's the, another fear that most people have is the, the thought of having to drop everything and relocate to, the, to Africa because most people think that they absolutely have to do that. And, um, and so what we're trying to do now is um, show people different ways for them to, do, to still invest on the continent or do business on the continent without having to fully relocate or you know, move your whole life to Africa. You don't need to do that anymore that way, which is why some of some people like you and I had to go through that path so that mm-hmm. others don't necessarily have to go through it, you know, find ways for them to do business easier, you know, than what we had to experience in our time. So at present, just to confirm, you kind of hotbed as in nations between Cameroon, South Africa, I think. How yeah. do, you, do you find that you have, that if you, do you find that you, you wouldn't be able to run the business without mm-hmm. being there totally? Or do you think, do you see a future in the hotbed in style of doing business? Oh, 100%. My, my ultimate goal is obviously to move back to Africa. That's, that's 100%. It's not even an argument, you know. Um, but I've now put, a, I've now got my base in Africa. You know, I've got people I work with everywhere, people that I trust. Um, they're, they're, I went through a, a wave of people that abused my trust, obviously, and now I've been able to establish certain things in Africa and um, in uh, Cameroon, Nigeria, well, a little bit Nigeria and um, South Africa as well. Um, I think those three countries are easier for me because I've kind of like got family members over there. Uh, my mother is from Nigeria, um, and so I've been able to put in some base, a, a very strong base in those countries. And so even the people I work with, when they want to work in those specific countries, you know, I already know how to guide them and who they can work with and so on. Okay. What would you say, what country out of those three would you say is the easiest for you in business-wise? Oh, South Africa. <laughs> yeah, South Africa. Would you say that's also the same country that has the most potential? And when I say that, mm. is I looked, I was going to go to live in South Africa, mm-hmm. but then it was a toss up between South Africa and Kenya. Now for mm-hmm. health reasons, I prefer the heat. 
so I ended up in Kenya on the coast specifically. Yeah. But what I found for myself was that business potential is more when it's undeveloped. And I yeah. was wondering what experience you had. Yeah, you that's, that's why I had to pause and think about it. Uh, potential. I'll definitely say Cameroon, if I had to choose between those three countries. Some of the countries where I really encourage people to go to are countries such as Kenya, um, Botswana. Um, depending on your risk appetite, those countries, the risks are very low because the, they've put everything in place to encourage entrepreneurship, to encourage investment, to encourage people to come in and actually Ghana as well uh, recently. But those are the, the countries with the lowest risks. But potential, when you talk about potential, you also have to think about risk. That's why I went there. Um, there's a lot of untapped resources in Cameroon. Most French-speaking countries, uh, but for maybe Congo, you, you know a little bit about the situation in Congo. I mean, uh, Congo is the richest country in the world when it comes to resources, mineral resources. And we know what's going on there. And, you know, it's a pity what's going on there. But yeah, um, resource-wise, most Africans, uh, most French-speaking countries, um, I'm sorry to, to categorize them that way, but most countries that were colonized by France or Belgium, they have immense resources that have not been tapped into yet. Um, there's a lot to do in those countries. I mean, you just go into one of those nations in any African country and you, you I just see businesses everywhere. I, I mean, I walk into a, a shop or a store or whatever, the way the, the staff you know, handles the business. I already have a business idea, you know, how to train staff workers to bring the, to encourage the clientele to come back into the shop. And, you know, you look on the road, the, the streets are dirty and you already think about the business. How can I rally a few young people together and we clean the streets and before you know it, that's a business. I mean, there are so many things you can do. Again, this morning I was listening to uh, one I'll call him a brother who does uh, YouTube videos and who talks about kind of like the same things. And he was talking about fruit juice, fruit juices. I think you said that in English, but um, yeah, he was talking about that. And he said that this is a multi-million industry. If anybody can get into it, which he's getting into it as, uh, already. And he was talking about some other lady in Sierra Leone, I think, because one thing that happens in Africa is that we have so many fruits and so many, you know, trees that that produce these fruits and before and these things are things that you can't preserve because in Africa we don't use preservatives and things like that so it's all it's all um, really good stuff and within a day or two they've rotten and it's gone you can't sell them anymore so you've got all these farmers and all these these um, what you call them um, people who produce these things who then cannot find a way to make profit out of out of what they've got and so if only they had people who could help them middlemen or even investors who could come in help them with these fruits um, he was talking about some machinery that you can get from italy really cheap that would then um, compress the fruits within a day or two and then you can transform that into fruit juices natural fruit juice and that's a big major industry you know you can even export it abroad 
it just depends on your vision. So there are so many different ideas, so many different things that you can do, even with a small budget, with a small capital, well, depending on what you call small, but yeah, there's, a, there's different ideas, different industries. You, you look anywhere and you have an idea of a business you can start. What do you miss about England? And it's a reverse question, but I'm gonna, uh, there's a reason why I ask this. What do I miss about England? Yes. If I'm being 100% honest, it depends on which part of Africa I'm at. If I'm in South Africa, you almost have everything you can want uh, from, uh, say, let's say being in London, being in Johannesburg, you can find almost everything, to be honest with you. Uh, the one thing that's hard in, in, for example, South Africa is moving about if you don't have a vehicle. It's a bit like the US. It's, not, it's really not a luxury. It's something that you need to have because the public transport system is really not well organized over there. And London's public transport is amazing. It's top notch. So you don't need to drive in London to go around. You know, it's pretty easy to commute um my friends <laughs> my friends um family that i have in the uk <laughs> i would say that <laughs> I'm sorry. i totally no to be honest i love london i love london and if i had to if i had to choose if i had to do things all over again i would still pick the uk to go and further my studies at all to go to move if i wanted to relocate somewhere it would still be the uk i absolutely love london i mean people are polite people are very respectful um it's it's a it's it's a nice country if i have to compare to the us for example i do love the uk but um the shops maybe <laughs> i love shopping oh, no, but yeah. again i can shop in in johannesburg yeah, okay. but if you compare for example with cameroon then you will see the difference it's really hard because there are a lot of things that we take for granted over here that you would well, once you're in the country such as cameroon which is an amazing i mean it's my home you know then you will start missing certain things when you're in countries such as cameroon or or you know other um other areas on the African continent, which is, for example, I was talking about with someone about e-commerce. This is things that we need to develop more in certain African countries, you know, being able to get, uh, have access to some products that you want, you know, faster than having to ask a friend, oh, are you coming to Cameroon soon? Can you bring me this? Or when, when if you're in Nigeria, are you coming to Nigeria within the next month or so? Can you, can I send you money? You get me this? We're still doing such things in Africa, but we could actually have e-commerce websites that we build where we can help people get those products um, pretty easily. And, you know, these are um, different ideas that I talk about um, with potential clients or clients that I have. Okay, that's great. That's great. Now, I, I asked the question because mm -hmm. the way you answered it, you, you really, I think you and I are really on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, in what you did, you, you know, you can't talk about Africa as, a, as like it's a country. It depends mm. on where you are and also mm. what you're looking for. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was a great, great answer. Mm. Um, what was your, it's a bit similar to another question, but what was your biggest trial while investing in Africa? The biggest trial. Mm -hmm. 
I think it's, it's sometimes you would feel disappointment. Um, sometimes you feel abused a bit. <laughs> um, having someone you trust um, turn out not to be what you thought. We're all talking about business here. So that was, yeah. <laughs> We're so talking about was, business here. Business, yeah, business, business, business. nothing okay. else. Okay. So that was um, kind of like, I think that was a major, major thing to me. But again, I stayed, I was in Cameroon for over two years. I, I really persisted. It was tough and I didn't give up. I mean, there were days where I was thinking, what the flip are you doing here? You know, get out. But most days were the, the I had the best time ever uh, being there, going back. Because I, when I went back, I saw the country in a different light. I saw the country not the way I did when I was younger. Because even when you are born in a country, most times you just know the city where you were born. It's like um, being, being in London and never going anywhere outside of London, it was the same thing. You know Yaoundé, because I was born in Yaoundé. You know Yaoundé, that's where I grew up most of the times. Um, and then, you know, maybe Douala, you know Kribi, where the beach is, and that's it. You know nothing mm -hmm. else of the rest of the country. And so having done this tour and this, I discovered my country in another light and having been out, you appreciate more what you have um, at home, you know family this love you can talk to your neighbors you know you can pop in and talk to somebody without you know having to ask them for their permission before you, you knock on their door i don't know but yeah i mean people are always out um some of my friends came to cameroon to visit me whilst i was there they came actually twice and i mean they couldn't sleep we went to Douala and they were out every day. One of my friends started taking, he had never been to Africa. He was taking bikes, going on his own. I was like, who do you know over here? Why are you just, who, what do you, who do you think you are? You know, yeah. he was so happy and just going around and, you know, you can wake up at 2 a.m., especially in cities such as Douala, you can wake up at 2 a.m. and there are people out there doing stuff and it's just so much fun and you know, you can sit down anywhere, people, someone will give you a beer, yeah, drink with me, and you know, people are just so cool, so laid back, it's true that the laid backness sometimes is a problem, but, you know, we, we kind of like, all right, you know, yeah, yeah I mean, we, the country's poor, we have a lot of issues, but, you know, whatever, let's chill and be happy. Yeah, it's not all about the money, at the end of yes, the day, I think exactly. that's one of the downfalls of London, and yeah. any major city. Yeah. If Very you just rush for the money, you lose the, the family, the culture, yeah. the community element. Exactly. And things like that. Mm -hmm. mm. So you, you kind of lost, uh, I've just lost track there just slightly. Um, what was the catalyst that made you invest, made you make the move? There must have been something that you just thought, I've had enough, or I just need to try, I swear. Yeah, it was mainly that. I was tired of just arguing with people, and I was arguing mostly with Black people, Africans, uh, you know, African descents, and those were the most people I was arguing with because they, sorry, just a second, because they always had these views of the of the African continent and these views of their countries and this sort of 
I won't say shame, but this way they look down on the African continent. And I just hated that. And I used to have, I won't say heated discussions because I don't get into stupid arguments, but I mostly had this discussion sometimes with people where I, I needed to show them that there's a different face. I wasn't angry at them because at the end of the day, it's not their fault. It's what the media tells them. It's what they see on TV. It's what's related to them 24 seven. So you can't really blame people for the way they see the African continent. You know, it's just like the coronavirus situation. You know, they only talk about the number of people who who are sick, who are dying. They don't talk about the number of people who are recovering. They don't show those people. They don't show the, 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 the improvements that are going on. And so it was kind of like the, I wouldn't say it's the same thing because you can't even compare. The way they really describe Africa abroad is just, is just disgusting. And so it was, I felt like it was my responsibility to show them that there's a different face and it's a different side to the African continent. And instead of sitting there insulting the continent, you can actually do something about it. You can help, you can invest. Because as I said, you know, you can be, you can have a, a passport as red as blood and you would always be seen as a foreigner or you, at least even if you're seen as, let's say British, but you would still, you're still black. If you see what I mean, you would always have this, yeah, you would always have these identity crisis issues, you know, where you, you're not really sure of who you are. And sometimes you're like, I'm British. And then you have a white person tells you, you like this or you nigger, or, you know, and so you, but no, but I'm from here too. Or they will tell you, go back to your country. No, but I was born here though. What do you mean? Go back to your country. I am British. Do you see what I mean? And so it's, a, it was a way for me to give back to my brothers and sisters to give them more power if you will um mm. show them how no the continent is not the way they've been telling you it's actually pretty cool and that's why i really love what most people are doing for example with ghana the whole re year of return and all these people who are going back to the continent and seeing a different side to what they were shown they've been shown all these years and so that's really important um that was sort of like another reason why i wanted to do this mm. What are your future plans in growing your organization in Africa? Mm -hmm. So the next step is really working on the African continent. Um, so over here, we, coronavirus. <laughs> so we were really working on um, different events over here where we'd have more people, more events where we'll actually talk live with people um, um, about their concerns, their issues, they can ask us questions and we'll answer them, we help them, they, whatever they want to work on, whatever ideas they've got, we help them actually make the move. Uh, because you've got this wave of people who are doing sort of like African tourism, um, helping people discover the African continent by being tourists. And so we're trying to bring a new vague, which is, okay, we help you discover the African continent as an investor, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, as whatever, you know. So that's what kind of like what we're trying to do at the moment. Um, that's the direction we're going into. And when it comes to the continent itself, because this is on the diaspora side, but when it comes to the continent itself, we are also working on having a lot of entrepreneurial sessions. You have countries such as Nigeria, where Nigerians are born entrepreneurs. They can hustle their way out in and out of any form of business but uh, most french-speaking countries for example um we're not very entrepreneurial um we do go to school we have degrees and then we look for jobs and obviously you know how it is there are no jobs and so at the end of the day people are suffering because they they're not really sure how to go about life 
if they don't have a job. And so we're trying to work at you know, creating these short courses where we can help people uh, start businesses um, or at least teach them how to start business, how to get an idea of a business, for a business, how to develop that idea. Forget about the capital, don't think about it yet. First of all, get an idea develop the idea, how can that make money? How can you go about actually bringing, in, bringing it to life? And then what are the requirements? What do you need? And so on and so forth. So that's kind of like what we're trying to do with most French speaking African countries, bringing that entrepreneurial culture, that spirit, you know, um, if the government won't give you a job, you create a job, you do something, you give a job to your neighbors, your friends, you, you know, the people around you, you know, if, if, they will provide businesses for you. Yeah, you can do it on your own. You can do it this way. You can work this way. You don't need millions. Just start this way and this is the result you're gonna get. And then obviously we will also put money into the best ideas or into the, the best business ideas that we get from How these did, courses. That's good, that's good. Mm -hmm. How did your loved ones, family and friends deal with you moving and investing? So you're just up, leave. Mm. For me personally, I had, quite a bit of resistance yeah. from certain family members. Yeah, um, it, was, it was funny. First of all, my family members know that once I decided to do something, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> that's it, I'm doing it. But it was weird because most of my, my whole family, my immediate family has now less, left um, Cameroon. They're all in South Africa right now in Johannesburg. And so um, they didn't understand it. They were like, you're going to go back to Cameroon on your own and actually leave there. Why are you doing this? Why are you living your life in the UK and everything you've built and whatever you've got going on there? Why would you do that? So it was kind of not easy to explain that to them, but it was just something I had to do. And they believed in me and, and um, my people in the UK understood it uh, and they were supportive. So, yeah. Because I think they already kind of knew the way I think about things. And because, like I said, we'd had a lot of discussions and a lot of different form of arguments on the on these topics. So when I came up with that, they were like, let's let her do what she wants to do, you know, before she starts screaming at us. <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> you said some of your friends had come to visit you in Africa. Um, is there any that have had this, you've had total resistance? So they said, I'm not coming. I'm not, like... I could give my my parents are Jamaican, mm -hmm. so <laughs> we're real. We're real. Um, there's a real slave mentality in the sense mm. of a lot of quite a few of the families, sadly, especially mm. ones in America, just disregard Africa. Why do I want yeah. to come in? You know, that yeah, yeah. flies and swollen belly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't, don't quite believe everything. You know? mm. um, did you? Do you? Did, did you get any of that? Some friends who are still just resistance, they're not going to go? Oh, yeah, 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 a lot. And um, mostly stems from, because most of them are, those who are from African descent, is, they have Nigerian parents, for example. Um, I didn't know about the Jamaican or Caribbean um, issues with Africa until um, I actually came to the UK. I really didn't think it was that serious, <laughs> but yeah, now I discovered it's, it. And, it's 400 and, years of, a, oh, of, yeah. of mindset changing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you still have that, you know, mm, why would you want to do that? And, diseases and poverty and this and that mm -hmm. and I've actually made a video on my YouTube channel where I talk about that and 
you know, yes, you do, you still do get that to this day, but um, it's funny because once, like, for example, Nigerian music or Nigerian cinema started blowing, you know, you now have these people who are like, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm from Nigeria, my parents are from Nigeria, and, and I'm like, oh, but a few minutes ago, you were not from Nigeria, you were British, you know, you didn't want to have anything to do with the African continent, and now suddenly, you know, you see them wearing all these Ankara outfits when they go for parties, and, mm. you know, and back in the day, it wasn't that way, you know, it, the further away you can portray yourself to be from the African continent, the better. But um, the mentalities are changing, definitely changing, especially with the, the new wave of um, African or Nigerian mostly um, musicians and actors and celebrities and, and all of that. I th yeah, I think it is just that as Caribbeans, we come to England, we probably had about 10, 15 years on mm -hmm. the rest of the continent in getting yeah. to England. So we've, and we also obviously adapted from this whole slavery time and now hmm. the Africans who have come have actually caught up yeah. and they know how to market themselves in a way it's like the Afro beats you know it's yeah. got a bit of everything mm -hmm. from black culture across the western world oh yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of them do a sort of like reggae as well yeah, and, yeah. you know and so people can kind of yeah Relate, it's a bit yeah. <laughs> different, but I, I can there's a bit in there I like so I'm yeah. okay I'm okay yeah. with it. it's cool in the gang kind of thing which, yeah. But you, as a as a Caribbean, how did you come about all of this? What made you want to do this? My story, or do you want it to be at the topic yeah. of another day? <laughs> I think I was going to say, we, this, is, this is obviously more than a collaboration. But just to give yeah. it a brief, um, I ended up after my time in the military, I ended up doing private security. And okay. apart from going to North Africa, um, I was starting to get posted at ports to work on these vessels off okay. the coast of Africa and like from Durban, um, um, Bira, Mombasa, mm. um, Sudan, North and South, Yemen. Mm. And I was dotting all over the place, but yeah, yeah. we can always have a... <laughs> Do well, we definitely podcast. will the other way around yeah yeah but it's pretty interesting it's it's really as you know it's rare it's rare to hear mm. about um someone from the caribbean you know who's so interested on the african continent That's really there's amazing. a lot of us you know there's a lot of us uh, oh, obviously yeah, yeah. ethiopia is full of jamaicans mm. um kenya we've got a jamaica facebook and oh nice there's, yeah there's a lot of us there's quite a few of us and they're actually well established cool. and stuff and they unlike other cultures we haven't they've married into the african culture so they've married oh, an african nice. woman and they haven't okay um, there's only one or two who may have brought their wife who's let's say black british uh, mm -hmm. it's not like some some other ways of yeah things so okay i didn't know that much. yeah yeah I didn't know that I said, we do the collaboration there's a oh yeah i would definitely need to learn more about this <laughs> that's amazing so what was I going to say? <laughs> Regarding your friend who mm -hmm. did come, mm -hmm. and I ask this because of the listeners. Yeah. Their mindset before and after, how would you say that has changed? You spoke about the guy who got in on what we call in Kenya the border borders. I think <laughs> that. yeah, that's taxi, motorbikes. Yeah. Motorbike. <laughs> yeah, motorbike taxes. <laughs> A bit of a death machine, if yeah, you don't yeah, either, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was an experience. Obviously, it was an absolutely amazing experience. Um, they didn't want to take taxis, and you just discover 
it's like an awakening kind of thing, you know, the, I mean, even the food, oh, I don't want to tell you about Cameroonian food, but the food is, mm, you know, so that was a major highlight, the food, um, the people, just the general atmosphere of the place. So yeah, they came in thinking, oh, let's go and discover that. Well, we're going for Jenny. We're just going for Jenny. And then once they were there, it was, it was something different. So yeah, that was beautiful. It was beautiful. I was really happy and they came back. So <laughs> it means something worked. <laughs> I, I had a friend saying with a friend from school, he's actually from Ghana and he decided mm -hmm. he was going, he only came over because his girlfriend was from, from Uganda and he decided okay. he's going to pop over to um, Kenya, Kenya yeah. to see me because obviously they're neighboring countries for those who don't know yeah. and he wouldn't get on a border border <laughs> and I had to kind of just listen there's little techniques look at the driver see if he's drunk see if he's under influence yeah, exactly yeah. and 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 then see if, <laughs> if his he looks bike, normal yeah, yeah. If, if, if his motorbike's in a bad way it's got dents mm. you, you know you know don't get on there and yeah try and pick a more mature guy because the young boy is a boy racist yeah and then, <laughs> Next thing I know, he's just going off. He's going here, going there, going everywhere. Yeah. And <laughs> he's been back to Kenya three times. Oh, he, wow. Yeah. Sorry, okay, he cut the bug. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he went, he, the third time, he mm -hmm. had to cancel because the virus just kicked in. I thought he'd think oh, no. he'd be clever and he'd book a flight because it's cheap, which I actually yeah. But then when he heard about the holding time for 14 mm. days and yeah. it's a full cost. Yeah. <laughs> It's really, it's really sad. I, I saw some images as well from Cameroon where they were being held and they weren't too happy about the conditions in which they were being held, but yeah. it is what it is. Life, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. If yeah. you're going there, you're going there for business or exactly. something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would be your advice to someone who wants to invest in Africa? Very good. I like the question. <laughs> Number one, do not base your decisions or judgment on other people's experience. Don't do that. Big mistake. Definitely use it to make your own decision. You can collect the information, but do not make your decision based uniquely on that. Um, because again, people go to Africa for different reasons, uh, maybe because they've got family there and then they were abused by family members or, I mean, when I mean abused, I mean financially or business-wise, um, they made the wrong decisions. Maybe they weren't well prepared. Maybe the business in which they wanted to invest in is not, has nothing to do with whatever you are interested in. The countries might be the country where they wanted to invest might be different to the country where you want to invest and the situations are different. There are so many different variables. So you cannot base or completely make your decisions based on other people's experience. That's, that's a huge mistake. You have to, before making your first step, be well informed. I mean, you have to do your own research, um, read as much as possible, research as much as possible, talk to people as much as possible. Um, if you cannot afford the services of somebody who can help you, then try to get in contact. Now it's so, so easy with social media. You can really get in touch with someone on social media who lives in whatever country you're interested in and talk to them. Um, there are a lot of issues with people trusting family members where, you know, they, they felt disabused and stuff like that. And so you might not want to go that route, but you can get in touch with people on social media. If the person looks like someone serious, if 
maybe they're also into business or you know it, it depends you can ask them questions don't start making business with them sending them money or whatnot no um so that's one advice the second one well third one is that um there is a lot to do and doing business in Africa is like you like we said earlier and it's not just about money it's about whenever you're investing on the African continent or doing business there you are making real impact you're making a real impact um, just by employing someone you know helping them put food on the table for their family you know changing their lives they'll be able to put their kids to school and I mean giving a job to someone in most African countries is really changing a whole, fam a whole family's life in most cases. And so besides the, the financial uh, benefits of making business in Africa, you are also changing lives, you know, which is, I mean, it's the greatest gift you can think of because most Western countries are, you know, it's capitalism, you know, it's all about money and it's all about making money and, you know, we don't care about the people. Um, I'm not saying that's what the, most of them think because, you know, but in Africa, you, you're really making a real change or really making a difference when you invest on the African continent. So I always encourage people, um, don't be arrogant, <laughs> don't be ignorant, don't, uh, I mean, be informed, go there thinking of helping people, thinking of, um, change, of changing the world, making money. Think about that too, because <laughs> that's what you want so that you can help more people, uh, create more businesses, develop your business. And, you know, so yes, you, you do think about that. But there are a lot of avenues now. It's not the way it used to be before, even with corruption. Uh, I, I've also got another video on my YouTube channel where I talk about that, um, how to go about doing business in Africa despite corruption and you know then you talk people will tell you about instability oh that country is not stable blah 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 what country is stable right what country can you say is stable now with coronavirus we now saw that no way is safe you can't say that oh no i'm not going to africa because it's not safe it's not safe anywhere you know we've seen the number of um, attacks that happened in london you know london bridge and westminster you know you could be walking about and something happens these things happen everywhere and um and not just in africa the issue with africa is that they only report the bad and not the good things that happen the amazing things that are happening even with the the african union you know with the free trade uh, with the free trade zone and there are so many amazing things that are happening on the continent and you can take advantage of that right now in africa in with most african countries that signed the free trade um, agreement if you start a business in a country that's a member of the the, the union or the the zone you can expand your business in the, the other, other countries that are members of the zone as well. That's absolutely amazing, you know? And so those are the different things that you need to find out about, that you need to know about. It's not the way it used to be before where it was like a meet, you know? doing business in Africa was like something never heard of before. It's doable. You don't need to relocate. You don't need to leave whatever you have going on abroad or in whatever country you live in to relocate where you want to do business. There are so many different, there are agencies that can help you with, you know, even your paperwork. Um, with most countries such as Ghana, you can register your business, uh, upload your documents. I mean, do every single thing online. And the, within days, I believe three or so days, you get all your documentation, you're registered, you can kick up, you can start your business. You do not need to travel to actually get that done. 
And that's the case for most countries. A country such as Cameroon, they've now created something for uh, medium and small businesses. They've created um, agent, an agency called the CFCU, where you can actually get all your documentation done in one place. You don't need to go to different ministries. Like in like back in the day, you have to go to this person. When I was doing it back then, that's what I had to do. I have to go to this office, to this ministry, to that ministry, to this one, to this person, just to get all my documents together, signed, stamped, whatever. Right now, everything is done in one in one in one what they call one stop shops where you get everything done on in there and so things have been made so much easier it's not the way you used to do be before there's a lot more information that we can give to the people but yeah these these are kind of like the this is the advice i'll give them basically with the with the minutes that i have <laughs> Thanks for that. Just on that note, what <laughs> I, what I, I, from my understanding, Rwanda's at the top for that. You can you can register and do everything all in one day within mm -hmm. twenty four hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know Rwanda's really at the peak for security because the the president or dictator, however you want to call him. So however you want to call him. <laughs> I, I, I love him. I think he's great. I do too. I do too. And what I always say is that listen. I don't care about somebody's past. Not that I don't care. I understand what happened and I understand the pain that some people are carrying. I totally do. But for someone like me, I, I see what he's done in his country. I mean, it's, it's mind blowing. You know, they just come in from a genocide and look at them now. He's the one now uh, bringing all the African presidents um, together to create all these things and look at how he's transformed his country he's brought them together and there might still be issues because being from Cameroon I know that there are underlying issues even though we smile with each other and it's gonna but be there are there, it's gonna be you can't expect yeah, the people aren't dead yet and I yeah. so, sorry to cut you there I, I say as in the people who had that those scars they're not dead they're still it's, there it's yeah. like SA and mm -hmm. when those when all the uh, apartheid people die off mm-hmm then it's going to really become a better place. But right That's now, a great way of seeing things. I no, never thought true. about that that way. Uh, yeah. uh, and you've got the, the die-hard uh, baby boomers of the apartheid who just mm -hmm. come to England and Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I meet yeah, them yeah. all the time. But when they're leaving, I have no problem them leaving. Yeah, go back to your... Obviously, you was not, your heart wasn't really in Africa. Yeah, it wasn't really even yeah. there, yeah. 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 And, the, and the remainers are going to be the people who build the place. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's why I always talk about Rwanda because to me, I mean, this guy is just, I mean, I made a post on, on him on my um, Instagram page where I kind of listed the different things that he's done and, and I'm not praising him, but yes, he has done a lot of wonderful things and, you know, I, I absolutely, he has my respect and I wish more African presidents were that dedicated to their people um being from cameroon i know something about that but it's a topic of another day but yeah you know you have to appreciate such leaders okay well my last question is and i and i definitely know the answer to this one okay is, if you had to do it all again would you of course i'll probably do it sooner i'll probably do that it sooner that was, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> that was actually a question i missed out would you yeah. have done it earlier yeah. Um, you know, you've answered that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot from your experience. Um, mm -hmm. Should anybody want to find you, what mm -hmm. social media platform 
are you on? I'm on all the different platforms. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, Instagram, my handle is, um, what is it? Sabia Frika. So not Sabia Africa, Sabia Africa. So S-A-B-I-A-F-R-I-C-A, number one. So that's my handle on most um, social media platforms. Okay. Twitter as well. Okay, great. So to the listeners now, um, thanks for listening. I'm happy to hear your comments, like and subscribe. And we also have a sister podcast, which is actually called Taxi Chronicles, because in my spare time, I do the dreaded Uber. And I meet and network with many, many people from all walks of life, and they all have something to say. And they share it for five to 10 minutes. Um, if you want to be a guest on this show, feel free to give me an uh, email. It's very simple. It's just the name, africainvestingstories at gmail.com. And I will get back to you. Thanks a lot. And over and out. Aha. Uh-huh.